Hey guys, welcome to episode 169 of the JV Club. It's my final boy of summer. Boy, that was a Mark Evan Jackson uh, worthy pause for those of you who are thrilling adventure fans. Uh, my final boy of summer, the amazing Dana Gould. Uh, I can't think of a better way to uh, end the Boys of Summer series. Now, for those of you who had specific people that you were hoping I would record, and by the way, I had some people I was hoping to record, um, it's just catch as catch can sometimes in the summer. Um, I There were some ones that were scheduled that fell through for my schedule or their schedule. Uh, I will get to them. Um, Cora fans, please know that PJ and Dave Faustino are very high on my list, and um, we tried and failed, but I adore them, and we will make it happen. Um, uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a blast um, and uh, I'm excited to get back to my lady guests. Uh, what else do I want to say? I want to say please feel free to take a few seconds out of your day to leave positive feedback on iTunes. I know that's something I talk about maybe every 20 episodes, but uh, it really does help. So if you have a chance, please get on there and do so. I'm sure there's other podcasts that you can uh, talk about uh, happily with iTunes when you're on there. Um, uh, go give us some love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then I want to just make a quick announcement. Um, I can't, I don't know how many of you know or didn't know this, but I was scheduled to do my podcast at the LA pod fest. And, uh, unfortunately I had to pull out of it because I am shooting something that entire weekend and I could only get, um, very little nighttime stuff off and it just felt like it was too much to take on. So, but I'm really excited because I love LA Podfest that I'm going to be doing a couple of other people's podcasts as a guest. So that's kind of what felt manageable. Um, and that's what the plan is. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I want to thank, uh, for your emails, Ray, um, love that you, uh, Give a shout out to the James Roday episode. Um, Suara, thank you so much for um, bringing up the concept of bullying and how crucially important it is that we continue to combat that. Um, Louisa, I want to say uh, keep kicking ass with your studies. Anthony, you are an awesome teacher that I am so excited got in touch. Uh, Matt, thank you for your guest suggestion. Um, and then on Facebook, I want to say congrats to Kit. I want to welcome Aurora and Kimberly and Karen and Jessica to uh, the podcast. They just discovered it recently. I think they're enjoying it, and that makes me very, very happy. Allison, thank you for posting that ridiculous video. Uh, and I want to also um, thank Lori for your post and... And uh, Louisa said, it's been a while since I gave a shout out to all the janitors. Janitors, I'm so bad at calling you janitors. And it's funny because I was thinking about the podcast um, sort of recap of Thrilling Adventure Hour ending that I did with Mark Evan Jackson and Ben Blacker the other day and how he was saying that calling everyone the work juice players uh, just felt like such a joke. And I could not have related to that more because I thought, God, that's how I felt about the idea of listeners being called janitors. Not because I don't think it's awesome, but because there's something about it that feels like it's so presumptuous of me. But uh, all that notwithstanding, janitors, I love you. Um, I want to uh, thank on Twitter, believe it or not, I made some notes on Twitter. I want to thank Andrea or Andrea, I'm not sure. Uh, Millie, I want to thank Margaret. Uh, thank you again for recommending the podcast to so many people. And uh, I want to thank Peter for your tweet regarding uh, Hal Lublin's episode. Um, and uh, I think that's going to do it, guys. But I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm very excited to be attending uh, a convention in Sacramento and in a, a, a one in Hawaii in the coming weeks. 
weeks and uh you're the worst season two is going to premiere um i think next week so check that out on fxx and uh guys i'll talk to you soon and you're awesome now entering nerdist.com Now I'm fully recording. And also, I'm not going to edit that out. I want everyone to wonder what you were just talking about that was so (laughs) emphatically no. I was offering to donate organs to someone, and they were just not into it. I. What about donating the state of Oregon? Do you have the power to do that? I would like to donate the state of Oregon to Hawaii. Oh, that's so generous. Yeah. Now, how does that benefit them? Well, I think they're too. Did you ever. Did you read the. the Confused know. States of America. That sounds like a smart person's oh. book. No, it's not. It's a children's book. Oh! Where all the states, the states switch. Oh, no, that's really cute. Yeah, and so Hawaii goes up to Oregon and freezes, and Oregon goes to Hawaii oh, gets sunburned. Oh, listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. That's a book someone made. Yeah. I don't know. That immediately sounds to me like it would not serve the purpose of teaching. <laughs> no. I would walk away going like, I'm pretty sure Oregon is an island. It's written by the people who wrote The Stinky Cheese Man, which if you're familiar with that, is an excellent children's book. Yes, I have heard of that, but I guess yeah. I haven't read it. It turns out that as many children's books as I read without children, I still ultimately don't have children, so I'm not exposed <laughs> to as many as... <laughs> that not that how babies are born? <laughs> pretty much. My understanding was if you read 10,000 books... It's like becoming an expert on something. If you read 10,000 children's books... Yes. You have a baby. You can have an osmotic toddler. Right? Mm-hmm. Look, having know, a baby is very here. important, and it's very simple. It's a uh-huh. lot of money, and then you go to China, and they call you, and you get onto the third floor conference room, and you have a baby. It's the same story. <laughs> time, <laughs> time worn. Memoriam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did that three times? I did. Yeah. Was there ever a time when it wasn't going to be a beautiful Chinese daughter? Um, well, there's an interesting story. But this is neither the time nor the place. Objection, Your Honor. I should have told the listener we're in a court of law. Uh, I think Um, I should have disclosed that right off, and I didn't. That's my bad. We did our second child. Uh, We did our first child, um, Lulu. And I, at the time, was writing in The Simpsons, and I wrote a Simpsons episode about the family going to China to adopt a baby for Selma. I remember that baby uh based on my oldest daughter um and in fact the design is the design of her baby photo which is really interesting yeah it's it it was great uh we said a couple of things that were a little snarky but nothing Uh nasty i feel that that's what you were hired to do yeah about china Mm -hmm. but the episode was to air i believe four weeks before we were to leave again Mm -hmm. to get Alice, our second daughter, and I and my wife at the time were like, uh-huh. because we thought then they like, because when we went to get Liu, we were in Chengdu, China, which is up in the north of China where the panda bears are from. Mm-hmm. And we were in just some office in some building and the guy gets up and excuses himself and we look at his computer screen Nuh-uh. and it was our tax returns. 
Oh my. Yeah, like they had like, oh, okay then. Oh, they really can oh, hack yeah. anything they and can get do anything, anything and, they want. And so wow. I was afraid that we were they were gonna see this episode, get yeah. a little miffed, and then just like hand us a lobster. No, uh-huh. that's your baby. <laughs> Everything good? That's who you're getting. Uh, okay, yeah. two things I want to clarify. Number one So oh just to finish. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. when it aired the first time I had a pseudonym. Uh, it uh, was the first time it aired. It was written by Lawrence Talbot. Oh, interesting! That is, is a weird tidbit. The, which is the Wolfman's real name? Uh-huh. Famous alter ego. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's how. And then Lawrence the second Talbot. time, no. then then no, was I was okay. back and put my name back on it. Um, number one, I want to clarify that your daughter, your second daughter, Alice, is not a panda bear. <laughs> I I can either confirm okay. nor All deny right. that. Uh, the court no, has noted Lulu that. is Lulu is from Chengdu, where the panda bears are from. Alice is from Hubei. Which, uh, try to imagine, um, uh, Times Square in the 70s uh-huh. with chickens. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And you okay. have Hubei. All right. And, oh, I'm sorry. That actually incorporates a lot of in my late fantasies August. anyway. So, okay. In late August. All right. That I do have to tweak a little bit because my yeah. fantasies, it's always November. Um, yeah, no, and then no. the second thing is, what is The Simpsons? I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I need to get better at The Buffalo Bills face. had a very famous running That's back. My, uh-huh. <laughs> That's my fa- that's my favorite thing to do about things that everyone knows what they are, and The Simpsons is one that I've had the opportunity to do on more than one occasion. I did it with uh, with Yardley in New Zealand. She was talking about something, and someone said something, and then it was just quiet for a second. I was like, "So what now? What is The Simpsons?" And I managed not to laugh during that one. And she for sure did think maybe I didn't know. We used to do a thing about an FM disc jockey that uh, didn't know anything about music that uh-huh. was brought over from the newsroom. Mm-hmm. And any song he played on an oldie station, it was like, that was Proud Mary. <clears throat> <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> Everything was the Beatles. I would have liked, I think, listening to that radio guy yeah. instead of all of the radio people that we none of us can stomach. Nah, indeed. Rob was just telling me about our mutual friend Rob Cohen. Shout out to Rob Cohen. See his movie about being Canadian. Um, how is it that you were talking to a super party Rob Cohen? Uh, I was. Ta- I had breakfast with Rob on Saturday morning. Get the... F- how did I that can't. happen? Because we just always try to maybe get together and then never do. And so it takes a year to just have a breakfast and catch up. Interesting. Uh, of course, we talked about you. Um, I was, had dinner with him last I night. I can't remember the point. Tis a Listen, tiny world. I get that now, you're you know, more recent gonna... than I am. Yeah. You mentioned that? No. Yeah, it figures. But yeah, we were talking about a character that Greg Barrett used to do that was uh, like the a goat? DJ. Yeah, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, the goat. Yeah, they go. I've never heard him do that. I That's need to hear hilarious. him do that. Really yeah, I think that was before my time, which seems crazy because I feel like I watched him. There are a handful of comedians that I actually knew I liked before when I still thought I hated stand up. Uh-huh. Um, did you like? Did you like stand up when you're? It was like what was there stand up in the way that it existed? And listen, I know that sounds like I'm dating you, <laughs> but I, uh, I didn't like stand up at all when I was in. Um, uh, high school like i had no real I like sense the of idea what it that was you're dating me would be so abhorrent <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm not da- i don't mean to date you <laughs> i mean i would rather just i don't mean to assign you an age i know that is inappropriate saying, but I, you lobbed it over the net and i, I had really to hit did. it back i really did for those of you wondering i am the i am the age of your average friendly tree <laughs> hundreds hundreds, hundreds. Of um, As I said, according to Comedy Central, when I was 17 or near retirement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, long story longer, 
my, yeah, I was really uh, obsessed with stand-up. It, just, it was all I thought about and cared about when I was in high school and when I started doing it. Really when I started doing it. Then it quickly becomes my your job. And even though it's a passion and it is my... I, I it is a passion of mine. Uh, I my tank is on F. Like I I don't I don't seek it out if I'm not at the show. Right. There are people that I love to watch, and and I love meeting new comedians that blow me away. Like mm-hmm. and there's and there's always new people out there that just Mike Lawrence I just saw mm-hmm. you know in, in the past year and just blew me away and and so many um, great people. Uh, but I don't seek it out. I don't go to shows if I'm not in them. I don't watch it on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Did you? Uh, when you say you were completely and totally obsessed by it, do you? But I, I know that you have other things that you've carried with you that you adore from when you were younger. Because yeah. Because you are, you do have uh, an impressive collection of certain nerdalia. Yeah. Well, that actual, was actual. You were an actual nerd. I yeah. Not one I, of these. I, no, I was a nerd that got beat up. Yeah, like a real nerd. I was a real nerd before yeah. it was cool. I was fat, unattractive. And I got punched a lot. That's where the real comedy comes yeah, from. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. You would argue that was that was yeah. I was a real nerd. Where were you uh, nowadays? Nerds look here. Here will date me. Nowadays, nerds look like Michael Cole from the Mod Squad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, you did your job on all counts there. That checked off a lot of boxes on the list for many people. Real nerds don't wear aviator shades. Yeah, I know. It got a little tricky and confusing. Um, what? Where was this? Where were you getting beat up? Where were you? Massachusetts. Getting beat up? We're in Massachusetts. Uh, in the middle of it, like like, you know, if you ever saw the River's Edge, with the movie Keanu Reeves, yeah, it was like. Did I you grew live on the edge there. of the river? Yeah, I live there, but in Massachusetts. Okay, real small mill town. I've been to Pittsfield. Oh yeah, that's, that's a, a little out west, but that's not dissimilar to where I grew up. I grew I up liked by. It. Yeah, I grew up by Worcester, which is like. Uh, he, he, I was describing my high school. I I graduated high school in the early '80s at the height of like. Um, post-punk new wave music when Which music awesome. was so great yeah and 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 in the, the the album charts when i was in high school were the clash elvis costello blondie uh, david bowie like all this amazing yeah. music the biggest band in my high school jethro tull yeah you know it was just yeah were there a handful a of flautist. people for you? <laughs> <laughs> Lest we not mention yeah. the Ian skill Anderson of the flautist. Was a flautist. That's certainly true. Yeah. Did you were were there a handful of people who were into that stuff as well, or did nobody you, you really were just the only one? I didn't get into one? it until I went to college. Now this has nothing to do with you or your high school, but I do like talking about small Massachusetts towns. Yes. Being from Tucson, Arizona, right. I went to visit my friend Meredith Morgan, who moved from Tucson to Pittsfield when I think we were in fourth grade. And for some crazy reason, my parents, probably because they were excited to get rid of histrionic me and were divorced and wanted time to themselves, right. agreed to let me fly by myself to Pittsfield. Now, how old were you when you did that? I mean, I was 11, maybe? Oh, Christ. No, I was definitely really young. Yeah. And I for sure threw You were hard. I, I definitely work hard. I was yeah. definitely escorted by pretty stewardesses because right. that's what they were then. They weren't flight attendants. Yep. They were just like very sweet, And you got like steak and lobster on a plane back then. I mean, I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, I for sure smoked. But uh, <laughs> no, but I remember also like being really, really nervous and not being motion sick, but just the process of changing flights or I think I got to oh, stay God, on the plane. I puked 
Like in Chicago, just after we had already landed and the whole plane was empty, I went in and puked. So I don't know how I held it and then suddenly was sick at that moment. But Pittsfield to me was the kind of like quintessential... Very much like Stephen King's main type town. No, that's, you feel yeah, that's like every grew, house yeah. is haunted. Yes, no, that's you know where what I, I mean. Grew up. No, was, that's yeah, that is where I grew up. I mean, yeah. uh, especially I don't know why, but like, I, I think the most in the way that people I knew who went to high school out here in Los Angeles, if you read Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it's like yeah, that's kind of where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. Christine. Mm-hmm. Is where I went to high yeah, school. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that's absolutely where I went to high school. Well, I'm asking that because I did have that sense when I was there, and I loved being afraid of things, and I wanted desperately to have psychic powers, and I wanted to believe in ghosts. <laughs> These guys know. Uh, all of that stuff I, I wanted proof of as much as possible, I like or at you, least to suggest you that there wanted, might be proof. You wanted to believe in ghosts. I did. But you didn't. I doubted. Yeah. It's, now, do you know about April? Do you know about April Richardson's fear, fear of ghosts? Yeah, of, we talked about it on the of podcast. Civil War ghosts. Yeah, it's it's a very specific I know, fear. It's so significant. April Richardson, by the way, was the name of the. When I said Mike Lawrence, I was trying mm-hmm. to think of. And there's somebody else that yeah, I just yeah, met yeah. in the past two years. It's a comedian that Ape. kills me. Yeah. It's Ape. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, yeah. She me. she has a, her. The things that she's afraid of are mostly things that I and many other people want. To be like, I want to be afraid of that in a delicious, thrilling yeah, way. Yeah, I want to be afraid of abandoning construction not- <laughs> machinery. <laughs> no, I know. I get it. I get all of it. Yeah. I just am not. I don't have the fear. But if if I had the fear, it would translate into a thrill that I would chase yeah. after. I would John Hodgman is terrified of underwater robotics. Like mm. the concept of the Disney Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. fills him with terror. Yeah, that's that great. There are robotics working. God, I'm so boring. Then- I need to come up with some different and interesting fears. Yeah, like I love, and you're talking about the things that I brought like with me. Like I love horror movies and science fiction movies, yeah. and and I never lost that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was always my emotional vacation. Yeah. Place. Can you? What was the last thing that you saw? Speaking of things that you're still inspired by, like, um, can you think of a contemporary horror thing that you were like, that was fucking great? Oh, I thought it follows was great. You did. I, I, yeah, I thought it was very. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thing that really blows me away that, and this is one of the great things about life, um, that my daughter got me into, um, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. which I was always aware of and appreciated, mm-hmm. but didn't get into it. And then I started watching it with her. God, that feels like it would be the only thing I would have expected on top of if you sort of lay out the rest yeah. of the stuff I knew you liked. Mm-hmm. Although the stuff you liked was more classic yeah, I was Americana old. or it like... Was old. Yeah, I was older because also I have a, I was the youngest... Well, I have a younger sister, but I had four older brothers and my mom was all into it. So I got a lot of the trickle down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that what trickle down economics is? <laughs> yeah. Is it no, actually because only I, about horror because, culture? Well, trickle down economics is different from this and that. I actually did get something. Oh! So it worked. But I like in trickle down economics. They can't even give it a, a good lie of a trickle. I know. That's what I it, know. You it's give so us sad. everything and you'll get a trickle. <laughs> they can't even lie about yeah. And the, and also just like you'll get a trickle eventually. Yeah. In decades. Yeah. Because it's that's like, how slow a trickle it's like moves. If a marriage was called annual biannual hand job. Uh-huh. Marry me <laughs> once every other year, yeah. I'll give you a reluctant sandpaper mm-hmm. handy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what they can expect in return is a trickle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. At best. <laughs> yeah. At very best. It's uh, so ridiculous. I but I, I get all that stuff. But and but Doctor Who, I mean, it's written by Stephen Moffat, who wrote who writes Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And he's just a genius. Yeah, and I really don't know is. how he does it all. He really is. And he also I, did. Did you ever see um, Jekyll? It's just like a uh, it's amazing. Jekyll I is amazing. Love James Nesbitt has one so of my favorite. Huge of crush my, of mine. One of my favorite lines of anything. I was born to hurt you. Yes, yes. so <laughs> yeah. gleeful. Ugh. Yeah, so great. Were you okay? So this was stuff that you. Is that is is most of the kind of horror side and the sci-fi stuff? Yeah. Is that stuff that, that trickled down? Yeah, I love. Yeah, and I still love it. And Star Trek, and of course, Planet of the Apes. Which were you that kid like. then that was that looked up to your brothers rather than being like, I'm going to be a different? No, no, no. I was totally my older brothers. I I've, have called myself the Marilyn Munster of my family. <laughs> Four older brothers, all athletes, all all a foot taller than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, all tough drink big drinkers big druggers big hunters fishermen athletes i was a fat little kid that liked star trek and then i had a sister mm-hmm. my nickname was the mailman's kid i i do look like my father in the face so they knew that i was genetically a <laughs> member of the family right but that was the only thing that would tie me to the yeah. family and and now that i am a parent and i look back at my kids like yeah, I wouldn't have known what to make of me mm. from my parents' point of view because mm-hmm. I was so I was I was drastically different and also one of those kids that and, and not to get too heavy but like desperately wanted to be loved but would not let you love him. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And a, nothing has changed. <laughs> no, nothing uh, nothing those at all things has changed. They take deep roots. They take deep roots. Yeah. Did you But it's because how? you don't trust anybody and Well, because, sure. I mean, I guess that's my Because you're not raised in a nurturing environment because your parents drink. So it is alcohol. I always thought there was nothing wrong with parents who drank. Um, no, but so how much attention was called within your family? I know externally people joked about it and stuff, but within your family, how much attention was called to how different you were from everybody? Was that something that you kind of had to carry around with you in your house? Too, uh, you know what I mean? It, you know, when you're the fifth of six, if you're not on fire, you're ignored. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of that, and occasionally. Did your younger sister like, get different attention? She was the first yeah, girl, she, and she was the ma- yeah. She was mm-hmm. like the family mascot. I mean, it really was. It was like it was an exacerbated middle child syndrome. Yeah. You know, and I feel bad for my middle child. You for Oh yeah. And well, and, is, and none of your other brothers who are also vigorous middle, middle child. She is. Oh yeah. I always wonder I get confused with that cuz I was just talking about that with someone where I feel like uh it's almost to me like astrology sometimes. I'm an only child. But I was using that as an example. I was saying like, and look, I know I do this because, you know, I probably need attention cuz I'm an only child. And then I was like, now hold on because I could have inserted any other child in the after I needed attention like you need attention because yeah. you're the eldest and you had too much responsibility you need attention because you're the middle child you're the middle child you right. need attention because you're the baby because you had attention so that's what you got used to it started to feel like well maybe I'm ascribing well, a behavior I think I'm I, I think must be for this reason but really I would have just been like this no matter whether I'd been the middle child eldest or the only child or whatever yeah I, I find that older children in my in both of my families my family of origin and my family now uh, are super confident my oldest mm. brother um, my oldest brother and my oldest daughter are both just super confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and they have nothing else in common. <laughs> but, uh, but, but if uh, it's a recognizable quality, yeah. you can sort and of the baby is the, And the baby is gets, does get 
hella spoiled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? So the so the comedy side of it for you, you already were interested in that. And did you feel like that? Did you see it? I'm always interested in what young people. There's a question here somewhere. I promise. But I'm interested in how much looking back and kind of um, hindsight we have when we look at choices that we make versus having an awareness in the moment. Did you, were you, cause you're so fucking smart, Dana. I hate to be the one to break it to, but you're brilliant smart. with a brain that it's won't ever turn off. Smart. You're very, very smart. Oh, thank you. well, you're, you're sweet to say uh, that. Did you have a sense then? Did you understand what was a band aid? Did you understand what you were doing? Were you interested in? I'm this kid. I see myself. I have this ability to have this perspective on how I fit into all of this. And one way I don't is the very person I am. No, and I, how, and I need to make fun of that. Or I knew. No, that's that's a great question. I knew I didn't belong where I was. And there were two people that I knew as. Ch- a handful of people that sort of like gave me a glimpse. Like, no, you can do this. My, my best friend growing up, uh, who I still am friends with, uh, and I've known him since I was four, mm-hmm. uh, lived across the street from me. He's a couple years older than I am. But like, he got me into Monty Python when I was seven. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love eight the years stuff old. where you don't even know why it's funny until but, you know why. Yeah, but like I knew it was funny, mm-hmm. and, and, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail was shown uncut on the Boston public television station. Wow! And like nineteen seventy, well, it came out I think in seventy five. In their mind, it was like this is br- high end British. Yeah, so it must have been like seventy six. I must have been older. It was seventy six because. They showed it uncut, and and I remember him describing the Black Knight mm-hmm. to me, and me not believing that that could be something that was on television, yeah, or yeah, on, or in a movie, yeah. And then they showed it, and that was just like that was that was it, and and um, and he yeah he got me into like Woody Allen and and Groucho Marx, like like fun smart funny stuff, mm-hmm. and n- none of those people in my house of origin would have any place. So it was great. It's like no, there's another way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a cousin, uh, that was pretty, pretty cool. And so I grew up knowing that I didn't belong, but I didn't know. And I knew I wanted to be in show business from a very early age. I wanted to, my theory was I wanted to be an actor in horror movies. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I became a comedian, (laughs) wherever this is going, if I became a, if I became a comedian and became really successful, I would become so successful that they would let me write my own movies to be in. Mm-hmm. And then I would write horror movies mm-hmm. and be in them. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like it's the most circuitous route. <laughs> it's sort of like going, I wanted to be a sous chef. Mm-hmm. And I thought by getting elected to the United States uh-huh. Senate, they would have to let me be yeah. a sous chef yeah. anywhere in the country. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That really is so specific. But it was the but when you when you're only I mean, just the fact that you thought it would be possible to go from one to the... Like, yeah. uh, most people... I mean, for me, I think I thought, oh, I'd love to be doing that, but I'm just a kid from Tucson, Arizona. Who's going to... You know what I mean? I didn't have a, go- a goal right. set that would have allowed for me to even believe I could have been a comedian. Yeah, but no uh, no version of reality allowed me to stay where I was. So I had right. to go. I was yep. just like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And 
when your only uh, tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. And the only tool I had was that I was funny. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to be, I, I knew I could do stand-up comedy. And you knew that because you did, you joked around in class and stuff. I was, and yeah, I was just, and... I was always very funny. Were from, and, did, and so were you well-liked in the sense that you were, I mean, I know that you I was beat po- I was popular, too, but... possibly not well-liked. <laughs> <laughs> Dana's great. You want him in a classroom, but you yeah. don't want him at your party. There were teachers, there, it's funny, I went to a very small high school uh and there were teachers who adored me mm-hmm. uh, in fact my i had dinner with my high school english teacher out here like a year ago that's great because uh, her daughter lives out here i sense a butt coming on you had teachers who adored you and then the other yeah. teachers who despised me mm-hmm. because i was irreverent and I did didn't... that have was was that is there a for the same reason a direct but for the same reason but yeah. what did you feel like you were there were they subjects that you had less respect for like do you feel that anything about your behavior was slightly more i, I was irreverent of I, them was, I was irreverent and i was irreverent and contemptuous of authority mm-hmm. and and funny about it mm-hmm. and the people that had a sense of humor thought it was great and we got on great mm-hmm. and i then respected them mm-hmm. and the people that didn't i had contempt for and that was mutual it was yeah. very mutual so how and were I didn't you find as a out until later oh. That one of the reasons that I probably didn't get booted out of school was that the principal was my father's second cousin, which they hid oh. from us. So we, like, they, we never knew that mm. Mr. Sales and my dad were cousins. That's funny. So we had to. So we had an in. How Thornbirds? I don't know. Yeah, just was, the idea that it was that. That it was very small. T- yeah, very small uh. town and very. Uh, uh, it real, everybody knew everybody. Did your grades reflect your teacher's opinions of you, or did you get good or bad grades across the board? Um, no, I was I was really good in like you know um, like there were certain like English and things like that. I didn't even have to apply myself. Mm-hmm. Um, science, I was horrible. Math, I was atrocious mm-hmm. at, but I knew I had to do well in it. So that was where like I ended up. Uh, I ended up becoming really good friends with this guy, Mr. Hannum, mm-hmm. who oddly looked like Mr. Hands from Fast Times. He looked oh, a lot like Ray Wal- he looked a lot like Ray Walston. Uh-huh. And he <laughs> was my trigonometry teacher in ninth grade. And I can't I just couldn't do it. I just yeah. couldn't and I I never I, got as far as trig. No yeah. Way. I couldn't do trigonometry. I went after school for help. Every day. Jesus, Dana. To get a good grade. And he ended up respecting me for that. And we became pretty friendly. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back to my high school, uh, you know, 10 or, yeah, probably 10 years after I graduated. Uh, I was well-established comedian. I was on television already. And, and, uh, and he goes, uh, Gouldie, Gouldie, so, so what do you do for money? And by this time, I've been on television. Yeah. I've, you know, uh, and I go, I do, you know, as I perform, Mr. Hannum, I'm a, I'm a comedian. He goes, I know, you, you get off stage, you pass the hat, you buy a round. <laughs> but, what <do> you, <laughs> but what do you do for money? <laughs> and I go, oh, no, I, I make so much more than you were saying. <laughs> you got to get, you gotta get oh, out of God. Massachusetts. Yeah, both of my parents are teachers, and I have a lot of guilt about what, what I was raised on yeah, and how ridiculous. I don't know how they even did it at all. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Um, against what, 
maybe not even me, but some of my friends make. It's just, it's, it's a, I, I definitely carry that around with me in a way that I don't think is very useful to anyone. But. And I'm going through it all over again. You know, my oldest daughter is in seventh grade and like literally she found out Friday that she has to name the, uh, name, name, pronounce and spell every central South America, central and South American country that speaks Spanish and it's capital. Oh, wow. Which is a lot for yeah. Friday to Wednesday. Sure. And I literally, when I dropped her off at school today, this Mr. Involved Parent, uh-huh. I, I went up to her Spanish teacher and I said, uh, just a question about, because we're studying together for this test. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do they need to identify where they are on the map? Uh-huh. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, okay, she said that. <laughs> I go, why isn't Brazil on the map? Uh- she goes... Because they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. Uh. And then I go, well, what do they speak? Brazilian? <laughs> Which is our only smooth language. And, uh, and she goes, Portuguese. <laughs> and I'm like, go fuck myself. What? Oh, that's great. Did you know that they spoke Portuguese in Brazil? Yes, but it's, oh, uh, but it's only because I have a, a weird fascination with Portuguese. I guess because of like, Stan Getz or like the girl from Ipanema or something. Sure. I just didn't understand that there would be a place other than Portugal. And also when I, anyways, it doesn't matter. No. But there's when I was in France, uh, there were a lot of Portuguese people in France, and um, and so for some reason I became more familiar with like the fact that Brazil. is... So are all those Sergio Mendes songs in Portuguese? Yeah, oh, I think so. I all Spanish. the ones I can think of. Yeah, Mas Caneda is that's not mm. Portuguese. Maybe not, but maybe it's not Sergio Mendes, but but all the but yeah, I don't know. There's group a lot is Brazil of sixty six. Yeah, I think it might be Portuguese. And the, it's not that they're that they're not so different. It's just they're complicatedly different in ways yeah. that that fuck up your brain. I, I love think. that music so. I only, so great, right? Oh, I have gotten so into that music and Herb Albert and all that stuff mm-hmm. that like it's my favorite time period. It's the mid sixties. Just before it got spooky and weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody was still like waving at each other in yeah. the recording and giggling yeah. a little bit. Maybe you'd catch a Stoked little of that pants. off. Yeah, yeah. off and mic. It was just before everybody looked like Johnny Depp in uh-huh. Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. And what, what I realized it was, and my home looks like your home. And, and what I realized I was doing was I, when I, when I got divorced and got my own house, mm-hmm. um, I'm living the life I w- I'm living in the house I wished I lived in as a child, but tied to that time period. Mm. Isn't that funny? How how it's a corrective. You, yeah, yeah. Well, there. I wonder how much of that is true for people who have a really strong affinity for very specific eras in terms of yeah. whether it's how that because you don't dress the same way somebody who's super rockabilly. Mm-hmm. dresses you, everything about their presentation is like you oh no 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 you know exactly what my home looks like because i'm yeah. wearing it yeah, 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 yeah. um you don't do that but you do have such an appreciation and i think nostalgia is that feels like too easy of a catch-all phrase that i think gets kind of dismissed um mm-hmm. somehow but but i do find it interesting because i obviously i like certain eras um but i don't feel like i've ever really gotten that excited about any one thing to the point where i just had a real passion for it or i collected and you can't just over you you and i know you can't overwhelm yourself with stuff i mean like your house and my house is just uh enough 
to not be kitschy. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It can't. Yeah. It can't necessarily just immediately be trans transported to that time, and yeah. th- no one would know the difference. Right. You still have it, to yeah. Exactly. Of, but but. And I, I don't. And that, I just yeah. don't have the discipline like to dress that, well, like that. <laughs> You don't want to only shop at like the one place uh, that services the Brown Derby. Yeah, but uh, but but we. I also have a, but I also have a style that, if not of that era, has some foundations in that are like I don't walk around in sweatpants. Sure, I don't like. Yeah, no, that's certainly you true. know, or workout pants. I would do not go on stage just wearing a t shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no, or no, no, you're right. You know, it's like I have a like. There's a there's a line of like, you get to look a little mm-hmm. decent. No, I appreciate that about you. <laughs> I'm glad you don't walk around in sweatpants. I'm always glad when people don't walk around in sweatpants. Well, that's a whole school I call sweatpants. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and they're nice people. Like, you know, Adam Sandler's a nice guy, and mm-hmm. David Spade's a nice guy. But before they were on SNL, when I just knew them in LA, it was like I was like the sweatpants guys. Yeah. Sense. I just walk around workout pants. That makes sense. Um, what did you draw? So when you were in high school, you had an appreciation for all of the bands that you were talking about that were popular, like, but not popular in your school. Like I, the Clash no, of I did not. In, I didn't oh, in high okay. school. I had an awareness of them in high school, but mm. I was still way into Star Wars and stuff in high school. What did you dress like? Uh, very preppy. Okay. Very preppy. Um, it was, you dressed like a preppy or a week. Now they would be called stoners. We call them burnouts. Mm-hmm. Sure. But if you and and also were you know early eighties when I graduated high school was the heyday of the preppy handbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were either very preppy or 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 a burnout. Did and you have any admiration for the burnouts world and that style? And stuff? No, actually, because my brothers all were. So I was just like, oh, they were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, I guess I was imagining them to be like jocks. Well, they were. Which I would have they were assigned to. They I were, put them they in were jocks, but their friends were. You know, some of them were jocks. One of them was a was a hardcore burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my one brother, Jim, and I think it was in tenth grade. Like the vice principal, uh, he went into the he went into the vice principal's office to quit. Mm-hmm. And the vice principal said, like. High school's not for everybody. Oh, not for wow. everybody. The flexibility. Yeah. Nah, maybe you're right. And he ended up. We could uh, use the desk. Yep. He joined the army and uh, got his GED in the army and then got into the army and uh, became a, uh, a prison guard. Yeah, that's. Uh, but of all my brothers, uh, the most uh, open minded, self aware, hmm. self effacing, gets it like. Hmm. God, that's so interesting. Yeah. Have you done any, uh, do you, have you gone to prisons and done sets and stuff? No. Anything like that? No. Some people his do, right? His big advice to me that... was, his big, I don't need, the, I can get a gig in that. Uh-huh. His, <laughs> his, <laughs> you want to give back? <laughs> oh, I don't. Okay. I want to keep it off no, myself. Right? Uh, his advice to me was, don't go to prison. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Solid. It is like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And then what about, um, so no sports? No. And then how about girls? High school? Um, no. Crushes. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Uh, Were you even to the point where you I had friendships with girls where they would be like, oh, I, I love Dana, of, but he's like my brother. Oh, tons of them. Tons yeah. of them. Tons of, yeah, yeah. very close. Because some, I mean, cause some very, kids like that who are into Star Wars, like they actually don't even really interact with girls because right. they don't know. How no, no, to no. At I all. was very, no, actually, I was very, I mean, in my group, I was, po- I was popular because mm-hmm. I was funny. And um, no, I had very close friends. I've always had a lot of close friends that are women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and 
uh, I had very, very close friends that were girls in high school. And then I'm still like when I go home, I, I, some, I at least email or talk mm-hmm. to. Um, and uh, but I didn't. Uh, none of that happened until college. Mm-hmm. But I did get crabs when I was 14. <laughs> uh, I got crabs Thank five God years before I got laid. Oh, my God. What? Did um, you tell me this already? I hope so. <laughs> like it's the first thing you tell a new friend. Pillow talk. Um, <sighs> If we were dating, I'd have told you. I'm sure I would have found that out <laughs> right away. Uh, my brother, Mike, uh, came back from the army on leave, oh my God. slept in my bed. Oh, my God. And I, I got crabs. I got this. crabs from my brother. Yeah, you did tell me this. I'm sure because it's, it's got to be one of your, like, your stories. You know, it's one of my go-tos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or as my dad called oh them, saber-tooth crotch crickets. <laughs> And, That's uh, much better. Yeah, it is much better. It really it it, it paints a better picture yeah, than crabs. Crabs, terrible, you really think of crabs. It's a terrible thing to have. <sighs> Why especially, are they called crabs? Especially unarmed because oh, they look God, like no crabs. kidding. They do look like, like crabs. Yeah, they do. The tiny. If you look, you look at me, microscopic. No, no they're they not small? microscopic. You can see tiny. them. Yeah, sure. I don't. I'm not the expert. It's, it's, <laughs> let me just let don't me just, trot out a story like that them, and then not give me a lot of medical background. I had them in 1978. Fair, fair. I just have never. I guess Jimmy I thought Carter that they were... was the president when I had crabs. <laughs> was it his fault? Wait, I'm confused. Did they I, look? I'm not going to sit here and talk about crabs. I mean, maybe I will for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. But I guess I just thought of them as like pubic lice, and I don't think of lice as being very big. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You. Where how how much do you want to get into this? <laughs> really? Now I if feel you like were, if you wear briefs uh-huh. and you're a man, yes, um, which I did uh-huh. in high school. Uh, you get itchy, mm-hmm. and then you look, and there's blood in them, oh, like God, little I didn't bite know marks. That. Oh, there's little bite awful. marks, and then oh, you go God. to the pharmacy and talk to your Jimmy Romilio mm-hmm. who is your dad's friend mm-hmm. who's the pharmacist oh, no. and you ask him for A2000 and he laughs oh god and you're 14 and you go home and you use it and then the next day your underwear is <laughs> full of full of crustacean Crocuses. corpses oh my god how many of you ladies are turned on too much? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone. I just needed to yeah. see that through. I needed that mystery solved. But that was back in the How did you figure out what you had? When people had hair there. on their bodies. That's we, right. We seem to have, we seem to we have moved single-handedly. on. We are now in the age of the Eloy. Yeah. When is the leech just going to become popular? Yeah, exactly. They can cut, they're, they're glad, though, everyone shaves and waxes. Because they yeah. can get right into it, the leeches. I find, I don't want to dwell on that topic. But I find that strange. And oh, that I, there isn't the people. Yeah, I, and, I, and people. I, and I, I've said this on stage, but I'll, so you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but like, people are like, do you manscape? No, I. No. Yeah. Not everything has to be cute. Right. 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 It. Chicken parts. Yeah. There's a reason it's called junk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's a reason it's called a bush. It looks like chicken. It looks I, like yeah. chicken parts. Yeah. And I don't want my chicken parts looking like they're fresh on the shelf at Trader Joe's. Let there be some mystery. Some I am happy feathers. with them looking like chicken parts that have been thrown on the floor of a busy bar okay. shop. <laughs> <laughs> but with oh, women, God. I know yeah. with women, it's now a specialty item. Like women that have not had and you, you women that have not had augmentation mm-hmm. and 
their body looks the way their body normally, mm-hmm. that's like a specialty fetish. Yes. Like you have to look long and hard right. online right. to find that. Right. That's uh, something that's current. Right. It's like a, it's a niche. Yeah. It's a niche appeal. Yeah. It's niche appeal, Dave appeals sister. Niche appeal. You said, did you get nicheappeal.com? Because that's a really, <laughs> probably no, a very valuable website. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, you I'll don't talk have about to, it. You don't no, have... I don't mind talking about it. I don't, it's not something I talk about very often. Uh oh, you don't want me to talk about it. No, I just think, um, I, I don't know how I feel about it one way or the other because <clears throat> I think that there are, um, speaking in terms of sexuality, I think that there's like a sensation thing that happens that, somebody might like the way it feels to have less hair mm-hmm. on their nerves. Sure. Um, I don't know if that's where it started, if it was just a, a cosmetic thing to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, I mean, I can, I think, I guess I'm speaking for both men and women when I say that, but also um, I think that there's a part of, I think there's a part of like the same reason that women shave their armpits, which is it's not that there, there's some kind of, issuance of like not that not necessarily that the culture is saying you don't need pubic hair anymore mm-hmm. but that there's this sort of maybe we don't need as much body hair as we used to right like that's the undercurrent of like logical non oh we just want every girl to look like a seven-year-old girl you yeah, know what i'm see, saying if bit, you don't go down yeah. that road and you go and you make it about those two other things those are the arguments i hear that make the most sense yeah and like i will say since we're gonna have this conversation i uh, I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I would prefer a woman shave her armpits, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't, I wouldn't start throwing up. If, right. If right. 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 Um, I, the, the, the completely denuded to me is, I, to me, I have, to me, it's a little, uh, makes you. It looked like a little girl. Yeah, no, and I think I, that and that's that true to me, and I don't think that that's its intention. Right, but for me, it's just like no, I don't yeah, know. I get like, that. The last I have, and I have three daughters, so I. Well, I was going to ask the you last that time too. I saw a vagina with no hair on it. Also, I had poop on it. I was. <laughs> you can clean that up. Uh, and that yeah. was the Daytona Beach. Uh, no, oh. I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you edit this. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually don't. Oh. So you're gonna have to just deal with all of that, um, unless you really want me to. And then no, no, but, you can leave uh, it. But no, I, but like I, my podcast, I spend weeks. I editing. know you do. I trim and I used talk to, about well pruned. I I used to, but now you. But you also have multiple guests, and you go. You sort of yeah. I you, made it. Uh, I made something. Lazy than I, I made something easy difficult. That's you what I sure did. did. I sure did. Bless your heart. Yeah. Um. I. I agree with you that no hair at all is that's weird to yeah. me. I did it when I was in my 20s because yeah. I wanted to I was like what's this all about right. and I did it once and yeah. I looked at myself and was like I don't like the way this looks I don't feel I feel like there's some disconnect between the way my body is shaped like mm-hmm. I have a woman's body I don't right. have a stick body and I don't right. have a little girl's body so having a disconnect between and I have breasts I just, so so every part of it was you like well all both. of this you know what I mean <laughs> All of this says woman to me and this says child to me and I don't even think it looks attractive because it looks like there's something wrong. It looks to me on my body like why – why what's missing? <laughs> there's no, something I like, clearly I, missing. You know, this is as uh, – um, it, it's weird for me to, to talk about sexuality and not be joking about porn, which is at least an intimacy-free zone for, well, that yeah, men can I joke about. Yeah, I understand that. Sure. But um, I uh, – I, 
uh, vastly prefer a, a woman to look like an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, I find it sexy. Yeah. Um, especially when it goes down to the knees. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, I, again, I've said, I love. I'm thinking about all my Nickelodeon Cora yeah. fans yeah. who are like. You don't have to look like Lenny Kravitz mortified. is tying your shoes. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> <laughs> or in your case, our Garfunkel. But it's nice oh, to God. look nice to look your age. Yeah. Uh, with me, I am a hairy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. And as as my friend Jeff Cesario said about me, when you show up to the beach, people go, "Who called a cab?" Oh, um, come on! Uh, I'm I'm pretty hairy, so like body hair is great. I just don't have me, an issue with it, it at all. But for me, were I to like be like completely, it would look it would look like a gorilla had had surgery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would look like a dog that had surgery. Like, uh, yeah, it's all or nothing. No, yeah. I I don't have a I really don't have a problem with body but hair. But I like at all. I I like he's unbuttoning a shirt. Take it down a little bit because it's. Otherwise, you look like... If it gets too fluffy, it it projects outwards from your shirt. Yeah, I don't want that. Well, then I guess you do manscape, kind of. Yeah, but I don't... But really just in the chest area. I don't... Nothing is... uh, No part of me looks like a chicken. Okay. That's good to know. It's really good to know, and I think it says a lot. This is the least... (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think I've really talked about it in that way, but I do feel like... It's something that people are aware of and think about. Uh, for, if I made anyone uncomfortable by describing myself as being bald when I was in my early 20s, there's nothing I can do about that. But. I find it so... But I don't know... I don't, Like, I always think of the origin of things. Where did, You're talking you know, about God, the Father, and the Son, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where did, you know, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I know the origin of how women's bodies changed right. from Marilyn Monroe, who by today's standards is a yak... <laughs> And or a, or a manatee, right? And uh, and the modern day version of a, a beautiful woman, which is a stick figure with right. giant boobs, right? And and that was fashion designers, right? Wanted their clothes to hang perfectly, so runway models had to be skinnier and skinnier and skinnier because they essentially had the same job description as a coat hanger. That's right. And that translates into girls in Omaha puking up lunch. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. and so I love to see where these things come from. So you can you name it, and you claim it. Like, mm-hmm. well, actually, you don't really have to be skinny. This is just so this guy can sell sure. a dress. Sure, that's what this is all about. And sure, that's, and standards of beauty develop along those lines. Um, but what about when you take the clothes off? Who's deciding that? Is that what you're getting? I, at? That's what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know where that came from. I I, I don't see how it's not somehow related to that yeah somehow related to to the appearance of 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 youth i could be completely wrong i mean i I think that's a really good question and i think that that and and i don't know where it came from with dudes at all well for yeah well yeah well for sure the idea of i mean it makes sense that if you follow that's probably accurate but as you follow what you're describing in the way a woman's body became idealized the boobs thing gets confusing, right? Because all of a sudden it is like, well, that's not what a little girl is. You yeah. Know, Twiggy is more what a little girl is. You sort of see how that could be become an ideal. But the fact that it beca- that's like everything else stays the same, but now you have huge boobs is a very right. confu- it's a confusing time. We're in a confusing time. Listen, well, well, I'm the first minute. But this is what I'm going to say real quick is I wonder if it is, and this is now going into another bit of dangerous territory, but in terms of 
um, pornography, I wonder if it has to do with the more racy, the more exposed, the more, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, what, what, how much, how graphic can we get and how much can we see of anything? And if, uh-huh. that, if, if that's a sort of like a, that's an upping the ante in that way that it's like, listen, if we just get rid of all the hair, then there's nothing hiding. Yeah. It's the, uh, we the, need it more, more, more. Yeah. You get to, as Tom Waits would say, you get down to women without skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a part of it. And, the, and you go back to, uh, you know, when the seventies, when it was all free for all, and then it slowly got, you then. Uh, bodies, you know, hair in the eighties, hair was crazy, and um, and everything became a little primped. Um, I I do think the the feminine body image is really fascinating. There's two things that I find really interesting. Little girls are obsessed with mermaids. Hmm. I certainly was right, which is odd because of all the mythological creatures, mermaids are the ones that don't buy shoes. Hmm. Which you'd think is counterintuitive to what women would like. Two, Barbie. Like oh, I have the, a whole opinion on the shoes. Barbification the of women's bodies. And this is, doesn't apply to everybody, but to certain people. Like Barbie's body doesn't even work from an engineering standpoint. That's right. Her feet do not work. That's right. If, they were built for high heel shoes. They are, would be, they're... if your feet were the size of a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you couldn't walk on but them. also they're not flat right it's no. you're just she's made but on her the tip-toes. size of them right if they're tiny. women had feet like barbie our country would literally be crawling with chicks because <laughs> <laughs> it just do, doesn't and even we do work conform our feet to get smaller i always wish i had bigger feet because i feel like i do have too small a feet for my body but um but here's what i'll say real quick about shoes this is a whole other thing but um i I ask myself about the whole shoes thing and like women love shoes and um, Liam Liam Sullivan has a really funny like character that he does that's online that was really popular um, where he's just this character that sings about shoes, Uh, (laughs) a female character and he's in drag. But um, isn't it possible that the obsession with shoes is directly born out of the fact that there's something universal about that? that is less scary and damaging about than, than the way that clothes hang on a woman's body. Like there's yeah. something unifying about being obsessed with shoes because you can sort of, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm kind of saying it's bad, but I mean that it's not a good reflection of where we are with a cult as a culture, but that there's something about the safeness of, of accessorizing your feet that doesn't take into account your cellulite or your hips. Yeah, I or think your that- face is not pretty enough or your boobs aren't big enough or they're too big or they're not small enough. There's something about feet that there's only so many things you can complain about before we can all kind of get, all women can get behind. I can change the way my shoes look and I don't have to think too much about how much I should or shouldn't be feeling good about my body. Totally. And I also think, that like my you don't are you a shoe do you have a lot of shoes i do have a lot of shoes and i went from when i lived in san francisco having like two pairs of shoes because i walked everywhere to living here and going oh i can kind of you know but i like accessorizing a lot anyway my 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 ex-wife but i don't but i don't have the closet full of shoes shoes that men think of or other women think of as like being i mean i have like a lot of sneakers and a lot of flat no, boots my, my, and, my ex-wife you know, has some shoes i don't have um, like i don't own like a pair of manolo blonics or louboutin or like i right. have a couple of pairs of high heels and that's it because right. i can't i don't like the way they feel same with me you know you don't understand i also think that a part of that is that you need everybody needs to be into something that you tangibly collect hmm. 
Um, I collect very specific nerdy items, Mm -hmm. but you, the ones that I have and that I love, you can't take from me. Right. They, They mean a lot to me. And I think people like shoes. It's a thing that you're, it has nothing to do with your life or your work. And it's just a fun hobby and that you can wear them and they're pretty mm-hmm. and, uh, and you, and it doesn't them. take up the space of an so, automobile yeah, yeah. or some uh, guys like guns. <laughs> certainly true. <laughs> you know? Certainly true. You know, some I girls often, like guns. Yeah. I'm sure. I often wondered if before the advent of guns thousands of years ago, if there was a group of paranoid, angry cavemen that were really into their rock collections. <laughs> Yes. You'll pry these rocks from my cold, yes. dead hands. Yes. And it will be easy because my thumbs don't oppose. Yeah. Um, this giant thing, I only use this to cut down wheat. <laughs> now, hang on. What's that blood on the end I of it? I just use it to protect my family. That's right. That's right. Um, so did I you ever, it, was there any, were there guns in your house or anything like that? I had a gun rack in my bedroom. You did? Yeah. I, I'm I've not never, a gun. I don't even know if I've held a real gun. Uh, I've held them and shot them. I'm not a gun dude at all. But I, everybody in my family was a hunter, and my bedroom happened to be the room. Oh yeah, you did that say the gun hunters. cabinet fit in. Oh, so that's I literally lucky went to bed you. staring at like seven rifles. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's weird. I it didn't even remember. You know, it's so funny. <clears throat> I don't even, <clears throat> I don't even think about it. I don't even remember it. Yeah. Um, to that point, like you asked me if I had a photo of myself as a teenager. I don't. Hmm. I don't have any photos of myself outside of what's in my high school yearbook hmm. as a teenager. I, I don't know where any of them are. Yeah. Um. You're not the person who carefully guards that memorabilia the way you Not that stuff, but then when you get into when I lived in, when I moved out to San Francisco and Mm -hmm. then I have all that stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, is that a reflection? Is that, I mean, not to overly psychoanalyze it, but is that a reflection of kind of, like you were saying, you kind of came into your own and and then you wanted to sort of hold on to those memories in a different way. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. 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 It's like I didn't, like when I went to college, I was just killing time before I got out of college. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really drink deep the college experience i was always doing stand-up and open mics and driving into boston and doing open mics and i had a show at umass and um it was you know i was a comedian and i had a and i was in school instead of having a day job that was my other question actually as i forgot to ask if you dabbled in any sort of drugs or alcohol when you were in high school no no i've been drunk one time in my life in 1977 i've never done any drugs at all people don't believe that I've never done anything. I fully believe it because I think that, like me, uh, the idea of being in control is more attractive somehow than being out of it. But. Yeah, I think it's well put. And and I grew up eyeball deep in it. I mean, there, there was nothing ever had any mystery to me whatsoever. Yeah. And by the way, these guys know I did plenty of drugs, but I think part of the reason that yeah. that stopped for me was that it became like, yeah. oh shit, I gotta, I can't, I need to have everything lined up for myself or I yeah. feel scared. I, I saw so much, I saw... I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I was, I, I, did, I, was like, I didn't grow up in a family of drinkers. I grew up in a world of drinkers. Mm-hmm. Like I, was, I didn't know adults that weren't getting drunk yeah. on the weekend, on the weekend, in the uh-huh. <laughs> weekend starting on, on Wednesday. On weekend, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then when I got into stand-up and doing stand-up in, in Boston in the early 80s, there was so much cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was so much pot, um, and I was around it so much mm-hmm. that I never, ever had any interest in it at mm-hmm. all. God, it really doesn't take much of <clears throat> being – because when I think about it and you say that, it's like I was not exposed to anybody who was making a fool of themselves. or Like yeah. the first time I tried anything, 
I, it wasn't like I had seen somebody that I would have thought, oh, I don't want to be like that. But it really doesn't take much now for me to, to if I'm around, even my friends that I love, but if they just get wasted, if I think about like if I had been exposed to that, if it was my family or anything like that, when I was younger, I don't know that I would have experimented because I do find it tiresome to be around yeah, wasted people it, when you're sober. And it, and it is, and it's just when you're, when you grow up around, when you, this is getting into a serious area, but when you are a child and you are around adults who are inebriated, it's very destructive to you because what you realize is that these people that you need to depend on and trust and rely on are not always going to be available to you. And that sends a very terrible Mm. message to you Mm -hmm. at an age where you shouldn't be getting that message, Mm -hmm. which is don't be vulnerable to anyone. And that leads down to what we were talking about earlier. And so, so I had that and, and I had such a visceral anathema to that, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm telling you, doing stand up in Boston, I can't in even the imagine. Mid 80s, I can't even imagine. Maybe the Eagles' roadie saw more coke than I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, like, I remember being in the yeah. I remember being in the green room at Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston, watching, sitting next to Sam Kennison, mm. watching mm. him do seven inch rails of cocaine. Ooh throwing up and then going on stage yeah. and being really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you, know. you could have taken that And they loved me and all of those mm-hmm. guys loved me because I didn't do cocaine. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to Cheap share day. it. Yeah, there you go. They have to share the, the container open because yeah. they knew that uh, if it was a road gig, I'd drive and they didn't have to worry about the way home and they didn't have to share anything. Sure. So I worked a lot. Well, that part of it's really good. That's yeah, all really good. But, which is not to say that I don't, you know, I... Which is had to say that I'm not messed up. <laughs> well, listen, I'm we all have our special, wreck. our very, very special things that are yeah. completely messed up about us. Yeah. Listen, we I all can't have our specialness. I mean, you're very special in your brokenness, Dana. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I need to get into this mash game, which is something I do at the end of my episodes. Um, and I'm trying to base it off of stuff that we talked about. So, uh, and I don't care if you know what mash is because you'll figure it out. But um, well, mash game with three. Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley. Close. <laughs> But this is MASH. M-A-S-H stands for Mansion, oh, okay. Apartment, Shack, and House. And I'm going to ask you for three different things in, in a, a series of categories. And then I'm going to do a process of elimination and give you your uh, 100% guaranteed MASH future. Okay. Not to be confused with your actual future. Okay. Um, uh, so my first category is three, uh, f- three horror worlds. I won't limit it to television or film, but three mm. horror worlds that are fictitious that whether I mean, I guess I'm going to give you your safety and that you're sort of in a protective bubble, but there's something thrilling about being there. They're oh, okay. actual real worlds that you, Dana Gould, can drop into oh. and sort of be, experience viscerally as a real place. Oh, oh, awesome! What a great question. Thank you. Um, you made it great because that was something that it seemed like a no-brainer. Well, you, well, trickier than you'd think. Horror worlds. I know. I know. Um, the uh, the uh, fictitious. Uh, Eastern Europe of the Universal Horror Films. Great. I believe there, it was called Vasaria. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the fictitious 19th century uh, England of the Hammer okay. Horror Films. And the third one, well, uh, um, the 
<laughs> this is really creepily specific. The um, overcast, perpetual winter mm-hmm. of the heavily sideburned, <laughs> turtlenecked world of made-for-TV horror movies <laughs> in the early 1970s, <laughs> of which I mean When Michael Calls, okay. Trilogy of Terror, The Night Gallery. Okay. The Night yeah, Stalker. Yeah, Night Gallery. That does it for me, for the sure. The Night Stalker. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's great. Um, okay, next category is uh, three people that you wish, whether they're living or dead, from any era were your buddy. Somebody that you could just call up and, and know that they would love to take your call and chat with you. Oh, that you, that you wish were your buddy because it's like, it can't be people that you know weren't very openly friendly. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, unless you want to be that, unless you want to enjoy the friendly side of, you know, that one person that's like, to me, he's great, but I right. know he's a monster to everybody else. Right, right. Well, if you can go to any any era is interesting because it's really, if it's your buddy, you want to look at people that are like sort of fun. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain authors that are like, I wouldn't want to call them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love their fun. work, but God, yeah. that would be I think, horrible. I think, I think it would be fun to call up Oscar Wilde. I couldn't agree more. I think he would be fun. I think I could not agree more. Um, I think it would be uh, very, um, very interesting to call up and just chat with <laughs> I'm vamping because it's really, I know it's great I know it's, it's hard but it, I really enjoy yeah, no, it one of my favorite moments because I don't edit this is seeing how people react to knowing that there's empty space as they think <laughs> everyone has like a different way of dealing with it yeah. some people go dead silent and it just seems like the yeah. podcast is over which you know I would like to talk to Robert Kennedy after 1964 oh my when he had sort of had his psychological shift and became less of a bastard. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Op- and more of an open-minded person. Mm-hmm. Um, I find him very, very fascinating, uh, a fascinating person to write about, uh, to read about. And I think lastly, um, uh, so I, well, yeah, he's still alive. I would love to be able to call him and I can't I'd love to be able to just chat with Elvis Costello oh yeah great 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 and what's great. weird about that one Agreed. is I have a friend who does yeah it's very strange my yeah. friend Eddie is like one of Elvis's best friends yeah. and they like email that all one degree of separation is so I bittersweet yeah. so bittersweet he's like, you want to, I get this crazy email from Elvis don't tell me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too it's, uh, yeah yeah that really is like your best friend marries your ex-girlfriend that you're still in love with yeah yeah, um, yeah totally Okay, next category is three uh, places that you would like to have a vacation home. That it's, by the way, very easy for you to get to. It's not like, ugh, I would just say Australia, sure, sure, but it sure, takes sure. forever. Like you can transport yourself uh, there. Yeah, um, uh, Maui. Great. I'm very simple. I'm not like a very, I'm not a very... Uh, You're not going to be like, there is a small town outside no. of Reykjavik. That <laughs> sounds like something I would say, and I haven't even been to Reykjavik. Yeah, no. Uh, Maui, um, Oxford, uh, and maybe 
somewhere in, uh, I mean, I go to the south of France. Great. Great, great, great. I'll leave it. Uh, there's plenty of places in there that I think we've got it covered. Okay, next thing is, and I don't know if this is a good category, if it's going to be a, a, a not a good one for you, but what about three items of memorabilia unrealistic for you to ever own, either because they don't exist anymore, or because it's too big, or oh, because it's too expensive, or someone else says, three items of memorabilia from something that you could have? Like like a movie memorabilia, mm-hmm. or, or just yeah, I think I guess so because I'm yeah. think I'm sort of thinking about stuff that I know you have. Yeah, because um, I actually own a lot. Yeah, of that stuff. but I mean like stuff that you could never have because it's just too you know. Right, like the like Enormous the rosebud, just like the rosebud. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, no, that's actually not hard. Okay. Um, I would love to own the uh, the miniature ship. From the original Planet of the Apes that sunk in the lake, Ooh, and I have held, I have held the miniature made from that mold, mm-hmm. so I know. Mm-hmm. But just to have that one yep. scored the way it was mm-hmm. would be great. Awesome. Um, this original I have held in my hand, mm-hmm. and it is actually in the same location. As the ape ship, mm-hmm. where, and I can take you to this location. Not to brag, I like what I'm getting hearing. some of my sexy back from my <laughs> from my from my crab lice sidebar. <laughs> um, uh, one of the original uh, flying saucers from Plan Nine from Outer Space. Great, 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 great. Which my friend Bob owns, and that's I've great. Held in my hand. There's got to be a way for us to off Bob. Bob's doing a pretty good job. Oh, well, there you time, go. Time Shout out to Bob, up. everybody. Oh, Bob Burns is the greatest guy ever. Um, and then a third one, just a piece of memorabilia that's... that's um, and maybe it's not even something you think of as no, being I'm, out there, per se. But it's right, just like, no, I would love I to own one of Marilyn's jackets. I only say that because Wonder Boys was on yesterday. Marilyn, Marilyn yeah, Manson's yeah. jackets? What, Marilyn Manson's jackets! Yes! Really? Did you not know I was a huge Marilyn Manson fan? <laughs> I didn't. Isn't that written all over my face? Oh, I know what I would. Oh, I know what I want. I know what I want. Okay. I want um, the the blue sweatshirt that John Lennon wore in Help that had uh, oh, like an Indian great. design on the collar and oh. the cuffs. It had like an Indian cuffs and an Indian collar, God, but it was otherwise pull. just a blue sweatshirt. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Okay, perfect. All right, listen. This is a uh, mash. I got to get uh, some ladies in here. And that means uh, alternate universe could be somebody you want some sexy times with, could be uh, your alternate universe wife, however you want to think of it. Um, but three women, again, from any era, could be like circa 1950s, this right. actress or whatever. Chicks, I'll, I even wanna, go, I'll even go, fic- I'll even go fictional like Wonder Woman. Chicks, I want to bang. Is that That's what right. this is basically? I mean, essentially. I'm going really re- to really reveal my type. Uh-huh. Um, Oh, this is so easy. Uh, Diana Rigg from the Avengers. Ah, great. Great, great, great. Uh, Jenny Agutter from Logan's Run or An American Werewolf in London. Okay. She is just crazy ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of... Um, Princess Diana. Wow, I would not have thought. Not, <laughs> no. Oddly, no. Um, uh, and then uh, I love that uh, that sort of. I can't think of her name. Um, no, I know. Um, 
the French singer. Oh, not like her father. Seaborg, not yes. Oh, okay. Gene Seaborg. There we go. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thanks, Janet's brain. I'm surprised that I yeah. came up with that at all. Um, okay, next one is... Oddly, the woman I'm dating is Long Dark Iron Banks. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I know, I was kind of waiting for that, and then it didn't come. Um, there's still hope for me yet. Uh, okay, so well, next is category is... People I can't. What about uh, three things you wish you could have written on? I don't know how you feel about that, but are there three things, either a film that you wish you would have written, or oh, Christ, TV yes. shows that would have been fun to write on? Oh, yeah. I, I wish I had written an American Werewolf in London great that to me is like that's the perfect movie it's, you must have met john landis so i've some, worked yeah. with john landis yeah, and i great. love I john love landis him. i do too he's got some good stories he has some good damn stories yeah deceptively physically strong really yes all right yes you know uh he he started as a stuntman oh i didn't I, yeah started this yeah, career as a, didn't know that started his career as a stuntman he yeah, was telling I me his, that. i love john and he was telling me a story and he grabbed me as part of the story like and this and he comes and he grabs me and it was like jesus christ <laughs> uh very strong great guy is it possible he is the american werewolf in london yes it is very possible great he was also uh, uh, in battle for the planet of the apes for which oh, i will always so love great. him sure um and so in american Werewolf of london i definitely wish i had written great i wish i had uh, I would love to have written um, on uh, Doctor Who. I just think that I would Great. be so proud yeah. to have written on that yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would say uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Great. To have been in that room would have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Okay, uh, just two more categories. This next one is a perennial favorite of mine. I don't know if it'll appeal to you, but uh, three things that, um, for me, it's food, but th- for three foods, or I guess drinks, I guess, but I know that you don't care about that either, that uh, there, nothing bad comes of eating them in perpetuity. And you can <laughs> snap of your fingers and be like a Philly cheesesteak that you can only yeah. get it, blah, blah, blah. Three. This is, this is terrible because my, my, my ex-wife, who, by the way, I, I tell her, like, my ex-wife is have a great relationship absolutely you do she's a great woman um i can't say enough good about her yeah we didn't No, you have one of those relationships yeah, that's like we didn't you have such a great we such didn't a make great a great married couple yeah. but we are amazing well that's how chris and i are i mean that's yeah. very much it's very much yeah. that and it's and so nice not to lose that when you have that yes. shared affection well, actually you gain a lot of it absolutely back, yeah. absolutely um she I, I i we have a great relationship um and she's such a foodie uh-huh and and on twice because she is who she is, we went to the uh, French Laundry uh-huh. up in there, and I was it was just lost on me. Oh, was it? It was just lost on yeah. me. And I'm just like, there are portions are uh-huh. really small. <laughs> <laughs> Atta boy. Yeah, Atta boy. it was just yeah yeah. They're all comfort foods like uh, like that's a, what this is for. A it should tur- be mac a, and cheese a, or a turkey you know. burger with cheddar cheese and mushrooms. Great. And an ice cold diet coke. Great. You cannot go wrong. Two more. Do you have um, a sweet tooth? Hmm? Do you have a sweet tooth? Yes. Um, a, uh, a, a, this is like I'm going to die tomorrow. Uh-huh. I can eat anything I yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. You a, can eat this forever yeah. and nothing a, bad will happen to you. Uh, vanilla ice cream or frozen yogurt. I don't discern really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. With 
a jar of Skippy Super Chunk. Oh, yeah, you and I have just the peanut the butter one thing. Spoon. I forgot yeah, that I can't we have, have peanut butter I'm in the obsessed. house anymore. Yeah. If I had I peanut butter in the house, I would look like uh, Chris Farley towards the end. Yeah. Um, yep, it's great. And uh, my, I, I, I hate to say this because it sounds emotional. <laughs> Uh, the fr- uh, my mother's fried chicken. My mother's from Virginia. That's great. That's great. And the secret is, you fry the chicken in bacon grease. Oh, that makes sense. Sure. What is better in bacon? You grease? fry up a whole thing of bacon. Gr- bacon. Yep. Put that aside. Yeah. Keep the grease, and then you put the you you put the chicken in whatever you put it in. Yeah. And you fry it in that. And it's just crazy. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that, Someone that, out there is going to. And make again, this you now. need you need that with a big uh, diet coke. And maybe tied with that would be. Um, it's too bad you already picked. Oh, uh, I did. Okay. Uh, your final category. I got to go with it. Superpowers. Three oh. superpowers. It could be more obscure, less Superman, and more like one random X Men character. I always like to give that. A I well, I guess it's a superpower. I want to time travel. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And and I would never go forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to go like I don't. I can't tell you how well, much. A, is it a better category if I say three eras that you get to you get to visit? Well, I guess yeah. Time. Well, I you it depends know, on whether you have other uh, superpowers that you're excited about. Or yeah, this is like the number one. Well, sure. I I would like to. Uh, yeah, I would love to. I would see. Here's the thing. I would love to fly, but does the ability to fly make it an effort to walk? <laughs> Right. God, that's so you. And what to if come you... up with a downside of flying. And what if I you just could fly? Think walking would be such a drag. But, but or is it an effort? Because you're always like your body's ready to go. Or what if you could fly, but only like four feet off the ground? Uh-huh. So it's like, excuse me, excuse me, yeah. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I say you can fly in whatever capacity you want to yeah. fly. That clearly uh, to Great. fly clearly. Uh, to travel back in time and i really would like to um just uh, not be a big muscular dude but be able to annihilate them yeah, when you see strength. them acting like douchebags yeah i think that's great what a great wow, i've really often wanted these i've often wanted um hulk strength mm-hmm. just when you see a jerk oh absolutely and just the dirty harry so fantasy of like yes to just cold, what's your problem? And it's uh, so much be better separate. when they don't see it coming because you're yeah. not this sort of beefcake yeah. or whatever. Okay. But I would love, I would love to just drive down the Sunset Strip in 1966. It's great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you might get it, but listen, this is a process of no, elimination. No, I won't. <laughs> this is a process of elimination. Don't, don't doubt the mash. But you know how we know there will never be a time machine. No one has come back I to know. brag about it. If they have, they're just not talking about it for some reason or other. Yeah, that's true. She said, hopefully. Uh, okay, this is just a thing. You don't need to know what I'm doing, but tell me when to stop. What a terrible thing to say. Because mm-hmm. I'll never do Oh, no. <laughs> I'll run out of paper. Keep going. <laughs> when I run out of paper, that's it. I ran out of paper. Uh, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to do some quick calculations. There's okay. not really a lot of math involved. Certainly no trigonometry. Um, when I come back, I'm going to reveal your MASH future. Okay. It'll be very satisfying. Fair, 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 fair. Okay, uh, I have your results. You <laughs> do have AIDS. <laughs> um, that's what this. How what blown this is it? Determines. Uh, okay, listen. I, a lot of great stuff came through for you, so I want to <laughs> congratulate you on all of it. I want to congratulate you on your mansion in Maui. Oh, nice. Well done. Uh, I don't know if some of that came from the American Werewolf in London money. 
but certainly <laughs> you wrote that. If you talk to, if you, if you talk to John Landis... They'll punch you in the face. Yeah, there's there not no a lot money. of stuff called American World of London money. That's fair. Uh, you own the mini ship from the Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's nice. Pretty cool. I'd be very happy about that. Uh, you, I know where it is. I mean, we both do it's now. It's at Bill Krieber's house. Well... I could get it. Well... Anybody want to volunteer to get involved in a caper? Uh, I want to congratulate you on your ability to step into the fictitious Eastern European world of Viseria. Yes. um, Where you can also eat all of the fried chicken that your mother makes as you want with no negative impact. Uh, I hope that's something that you share with your companion. Jean oh, yeah. No problem with that. Uh, and if you decide that you're dissatisfied with any of this, rest assured that you can travel to any time, mm-hmm. avoiding the future wholeheartedly. Right. But you did uh, gain the skill of time travel, the yeah. superpower of time travel. So that's, I mean, oh, and uh, you can laugh about all of this over uh, Cognac with Oscar Wilde. <laughs> so that is your 100% guaranteed mash future this is this is that's fantastic this is what having a cognac with oscar wilde sounds like <laughs> oscar no <laughs> depends on how much you've had i'm maybe. just here to hang <laughs> you shouldn't have used that term you shouldn't have used that term um uh, there's one thing that i didn't warn you about that i never warn anybody about which is that only during this boys of summer series when i have guys on the uh, podcast do i End the podcast with that person participating in a rendition of Boys of Summer, just oh, a sure. tiny little bit, uh, whatever part you can think of, if you can sure. think of anything. I, I can. Okay, good. Uh, the Bourse was with Ron Funches. He was like, I don't even know who Don Henley is. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I want to get the lyric right because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so... <laughs> um, I think... Uh, d- uh, I think I have the lyrics printed out somewhere, but I, I never have them handy. I have a lot of... Uh, it's something... I'm going to... I might get... I it's might really okay. get part of it wrong. It's really okay. But here it is. The other day, Do I have to sing it? Yeah. Oh, and okay. it starts, Out on the road today. Yeah. That's, what you're that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out on the road today, I saw a long-haired hippie with a Cadillac. Voice inside my head said, don't look back. You can never look back. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to finish it out for you. Thought I knew what love was. What did I know? Those days are gone forever. I should just let them go. And I can't see you. Your brows get shattered in the sun. You got, you got your some of them back. Wayfarers on. Wayfarers on, baby. Get your hair combed back and yeah. your wayfarers on, baby. I can't tell you my love for you would still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. God, you really did it. That's I, the, that's maybe the best one this summer, and this is our last Boys of Summer episode. Can so I end really on a name-dropping celebrity story involving Don Henley? I wish you would. I wish you would. Please. That brings everything full circle. That makes everything I've been doing worth something. I was – here's the name drop. I was with Bill Maher uh-huh. at an Eagles concert. Uh-huh. <laughs> check and check. Check and check. And they're singing the song, You Can't Hide Your Lion Eyes. Sure. And your smile is a thin disguise. And oh, no. Bill just turns to me and he goes, so judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really true. Yeah. Like, who are you yeah, to point the finger? 
Because you guys were so the, On the oath open of up. the oath of fealty that that's the right. Eagles must have taken. That's, right. <laughs> that's, right. this, that's where the promise keepers oh, came from. That's right. The oh, Eagles absolutely. Good to know. God, what a good wholesome crew. Oh my God. So judgmental. Uh, so Dana, judgmental. thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, anytime. Uh, you are on Twitter. I know that for certain. Are you just at Dana Gould? I'm at Dana at, Gould. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that the people need to know? I have a podcast. It's a really I good do, podcast. I've done it. They come out once. They come out like clockwork once every six weeks. Go ahead and subscribe <laughs> to it and you'll just get it automatically. And get then you it. don't have to kill yourself wondering when it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. It's a little present under the tree. Uh, if you don't, if there's not a new one out, know that I'm working on it. Yeah. Or he's died. But oh, I've died. you will find that out eventually. Yes. Um, no, it's a, it's a good show. It's a great podcast. It's a good show. And it's very thoughtful and edited unlike mine. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed the voice of talk about <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a almost all based muff podcast. <laughs> it is. In fact, I'm going to have Kim Shattuck oh, of the God, Muffs oh, as God. my new permanent co. Oh, you're such a good sport for uh, talking about that, and 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 you're very you're a gentleman for uh, showing concern in joke form. Um, it's, it's fine. It's either fine or it's not. You my guys, guest, the crab ridden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, you're really going to have problems with Red Lobster sponsoring you. Um, Guys, uh, happy Boys of Summer. Happy finish of Boys of Summer. Uh, Talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. (laughs) What? <laughs>